This week's episode features Mayana from Mayana's Reads. Mayana surpassed 3,000 subscribers on her channel, and the number grows daily. Her authentic style showcases her vast amount of interests, and her discussion videos has established her as a thought leader in the community. I'm incredibly lucky to have her on my channel. So, um, I'm going to sound like a fool for saying this. Mayana Reads? Yeah. Perfect. I, I, was, I was very insecure. I suddenly had a brain fart, and I was thinking to myself, oh god, I'm going to say her name wrong, and she's going to hate me forever. Um, literally, everyone says my name wrong, both of my grandmas, like, I'm literally used to it, so. That, uh, that happens to me, too. My name's Ari, but people, they see it on paper, and they're just like, Ari. I think it's because they think it's, like, Aristotle. Are your headphones in because your brother's there? Yeah. Is and it, also, I just figured it'd be easier. It's definitely easier. Are you and your brother close? Sort of. Is he I, have a, I have a lot of brothers. How many? I have four. All younger? I have two sisters. Yeah, I'm the oldest out of all six of my siblings. Wow, so you're, are you sort of a protector? You, you come across as a protector sometimes online. Yeah, yeah. I do have that instinct. It's a good instinct to have. It's the, It makes for a really good friend, a really good family member, and as you always are posting about all of these boys in your life, a very good uh, partner one. <laughs> yeah. Where did the crush on Cedric Diggory come from? Because I feel like that's pretty uh, on point with your brand right now. Okay, so um, the first time I watched Harry Potter, I I watched the movies before I read the books, and I watched them all um, around like 2017 for the first time. Yeah. Me and my family were going to Harry Potter. We were going to Universal Studios, and we were going to like Harry Potter World. So I figured like I wanted to watch the movies to get like familiar with everything. And I just saw um, Robert, and I just thought he was so cute in the movie. I actually spoiled myself for the ending. So, like, I mean, I still cried, but, <laughs> yeah. I think I just liked him because he was just so sweet and, like, you know, really cute. I think it's funny how um, you and Chandler have the same crush, it seems like, just different characters. You love Robert Pattinson, Cedric, and she loves Robert Pattinson, Edward. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day, and I just thought it was so funny because I didn't even realize it. it it's funny how uh, fictional characters, especially when they're translated to movies, like, people can have crushes on the same actor, but not the same person. So, yeah. so like, they, they can be like, I, I don't know if I like Robert Pattinson, but I like him as Cedric Diggory. Yeah, that's basically how I am. Yeah, would you feel a little let down if you met him in real life and he was just sort of nothing like Cedric? I mean, no, because I, I know he's not. So it's like I don't expect them to be. Do you, you have know? any genuine celebrity crushes then that just aren't for the characters they play? Um, I have a lot of celebrity crushes. Like if I went through that list, we would just we would be here all day. Okay, how about one of the first ones then? We don't have to do all of them. <laughs> Nick Robinson is like one of my biggest celebrity crushes. Is he Love Simon guy? Yeah. Oh, he's cute. He's very cute. I yes, I. I thought the story of how his younger brother came out while he was pl uh, filming Love, Simon was the sweetest story ever. Yeah, Cause, cause, yeah, I heard that. I was like, I was so happy. That made me really happy. I don't even know why, but it made me happy. Do you like him in any other movies? I know he was in um, Everything, Everything also, and he was in the first Jurassic World. Yeah, I'm actually really big on like movies and TV, so I know a lot of like actors and actresses. And so the first thing I ever seen him on was um, Melissa and Joey, or Joey and Melissa, I don't remember which way it's said. But um, yeah, I watched him, and I thought he was so cute. And he <laughs> hadn't really acted much. 
like before then. So I kind of been following like his whole like acting career. Yeah. You know, my favorite movie he was in was um, Jurassic Park, which I'm actually wearing my Jurassic Park shirt. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no. Yeah. That, so I, I love that movie. Also, I love how uh, David Wallace from The Office is in it for a very brief amount of time as the dad. Yeah. What did you think of the sequel? I have not seen it yet because because uh, he's Nick not Robinson in it. Wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why why why, so, why bother seeing it? Huh? I said no. I agree. Why bother seeing it? Yeah. I mean, I like um. Really blanking on his name right now. Chris Pratt. Yes, I love Chris Pratt. I'm like a huge fan of Parks and Rec, but I just I don't know. It just doesn't interest me as much because I like the whole plot line of like him and his well Nick Robinson's character and his brother just going and like just them um, like bonding with their aunt, but not really. I just like that whole like subplot line that they had, and I don't really know the subplot. I feel like it's a lot of romance in the second one, which I'm I don't I'm not here for the romance, you know. I you wasn't a fan of the second one. Uh, it, it sort of just got, it sort of got lost on me. It, it was one of those movies that, what was it? It was a little over two hours long, and it felt like it was five hours long, and I just <laughs> didn't see the point in it by the end. Yeah, I was just gonna say like I've actually never seen the original movies. Oh really? Yeah. Is that on your list of things? It is, but it's like very very far down on my list of things because I have so many like movies that I want to watch that I need to watch. What are you trying to see right now in theaters? The Grinch. The Grinch? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard amazing things about that, especially from, I'm a little older than you, so I have friends that have kids, and they all want to take their kids to see it. Surprisingly, I have, I don't have friends, but I know a lot of people who have kids. <laughs> you don't have friends? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I, to I was talking to Jake last night about you, and he was geeking out about being able to meet you today. I mean, yeah, Jake, but like before, before him, like, you know, I, you know, I graduated like three years ago. So when I graduated, me and all my friends kind of just like lost touch. So like literally I'm just home every day or babysitting or whatever. Is that what brought you to BookTube to uh, all this yeah. new free time? Yeah. Like I have so much free time. So BookTube really helped me out a lot with that and like feeling lonely and stuff. But meeting Jake today was actually like really funny. It's funny how real these friendships are. Like, it, sometimes it doesn't feel like we're being social. I actually was just talking to Lucy last night about this, where I'll talk to someone for a couple hours online, and when we finish, I just stare at my at my phone screen. I'm just like, does this count as being social? <laughs> or was I just, yeah. like, sitting on the couch doing nothing? But it does. Like, that, that's sort of the conclusion I'm coming to. These are real friendships that you're making all over the world, and it's a pretty wonderful thing. Yeah. Because, like, I talk to these people, like, all day, every day. Like, we talk about anything and everything. So it feels like real friendships, but then it's like, you can't, like, hey, I want to go to the movies today with most of them, like, you know? Right. So, like, is it a real friendship? Like, you know, you want to be able to, like, post them on, like, Snapchat and, like, have pictures of them, like, memories and stuff. But, like, the closest you probably can get is Photoshop. You want to host a murder mystery party with them. Yeah. But then your bonding is having Chloe Photoshop you next to Cedric Diggory. <laughs> yeah, That's a basically. really cute picture. You guys make a cute couple. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I hope that you find that magical uh, life one day. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, right now I'm really hoping that I find my Cedric Diggory lookalike. Hufflepuff, you know. I was, um, I actually was going to wear my, my hair, as you can see right now, and absolutely, I, I haven't gotten a cut in a little while, so it's a major, I have a major Jufro going on. <laughs> um, so I normally wear my beanies, and I have my Slytherin beanie that I was going to wear in case we were on video to hide it. Actually, 
you know, but I'm a Slytherin and I don't own any Slytherin merch. Like I literally own everything else except Slytherin. Really? Are you? Yes. You're, you're just one of the. You're a passing Slytherin. Like you're you're a Slytherin, but you don't want the world to know. No, I I love. I'm one of I'm one of those Slytherins who like didn't want to like. I'm not a Slytherin. Like I'm something like you know. I was one of those Slytherins. Like. Um, when I first watched Harry Potter, I was just like so convinced that I was a Ravenclaw that when I went to Potter World, I bought me a $50 Ravenclaw backpack. And it's very, like it hurts because I'm not a Ravenclaw. Oh, that's such <laughs> I mean, like, a sad story. Sad. I mean, like, it's not sad. It's, it's really funny to me because it was like, well, it's was, sad, just, funny to I me. I want to be a Ravenclaw I want to be a Ravenclaw because of the colors, honestly. There's no other reason why I want to be a Ravenclaw other than I think the colors are, like, the best. Well, we're talking about a fictional world, so I feel like colors are as good of any as good as any reason to want to be in it. I mean, yeah, so it's kind of just like... I mean, it made sense that I was a Slytherin. I just didn't want to be one because I just like the Ravenclaw colors. Like, I like how they, like, you know, went together more than Slytherin colors. Why do you feel like uh, you belong in Slytherin? Or, well, I guess, here, two questions. What traits did you want to belong to you for you to be a Ravenclaw, and what traits do you identify in yourself to make you a Slytherin? Uh, the traits I... Because I completely just blanked on what you just said. <laughs> okay, so the traits I wanted in Ravenclaw was just, like, through creativity, because, I, you know, I am very creative. And that's, like, you know, the biggest thing, just me being creative. So and then... You wanted to have something that you felt exemplified your creativity. Yeah. So, like, literally every other, like, Slytherin, um, I don't know the word for it, traits. I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of that. Traits, every other Slytherin trait, I literally relate to all of them. Yeah. Are you into yeah. um, astrology like the rest of book Twitter seems to be? Of course. <laughs> I feel so... Um, I'm I'm not that in. I think it's fun when they post everything, but um, I I I've never been able to get too into it. I don't know what it is. I've always just felt a bit of a barrier that that stops me from doing the whole genuine belief and just sort of looking on, saying, "Oh, that's cute." Yeah, when I first got into astrology, I was only into like the basics, and like I was only looking at like what other people were saying, like, "Oh, if you're a Virgo, then you're this, and if you're a Leo, then you're this." Like. It, but it's more to astrology, astrology than just you being a Virgo, and like that. When I looked into that, it was kind of just like, I don't know. It's just more, much more interesting. Well, two questions. Then one: What's your sign? Are you a Virgo? And uh, two: What what were the new things that you discovered? I am a Virgo, but my birthday is the very first couple of days of, of um, the Virgo starting. So I'm actually a Virgo Leo cusp, and I kind of. Re I kind of relate more to a Leo than I would a Virgo. Okay. And I don't know. I think it's just interesting, like, finding out, like, your sun and your moon and your rising and, like, all that other stuff. I mean, I really only know those three things, but, like, you know, I'm willing to learn more. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then um, are these all things that you sort of were into before you got on book twitter and then you just found people who had these interests or these interests that you developed after you found this group of people that you um i don't know connected with over books yeah it was i was actually into astrology before book twitter i want to say like a year or two now like i mean i've always been into astrology not like looking back on it but i didn't really get into it till until maybe like a year ago when did you start uh making videos on booktube um a around april 
around April. Um, yeah. I found you with one of the, I think it was the discussion to, well, I think, I think you had a video on the hate you give discussion. Uh, yeah. were these discussion videos when you really started seeing your growth take off? Cause you're a very new booktuber. You're less than a year old on the, on the platform and you have over 2000 subscribers now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're aiming for 5,000 by the end of 2019. Were these discussion videos what really <laughs> helped uh, launch this bit of growth spurt? Actually, not really. I've been filming discussion videos for a very long time now. I just have them all private because they were very irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I had like my very my very first discussion video was like just talking about like John Green and like how like is he overrated, you know, things like that. <laughs> oh, and I wish my, I could have heard that. Yeah, and then my um my discussion after that was how negative reviews can be not important, but you know how they're just as valid as positive reviews. I mean, as long as you're not bashing the author or sending them hate, you know, things like that. 100%. I mean, there's a fine line. I, I write books, too. Um, and positive, medium, and negative reviews all play a role because at the end of the day, the reviews aren't there for the author. They're there for the consumer. You don't want to trick people into buying your book with fake reviews because then they're just going to feel cheated. Yeah. And so negative reviews do serve a purpose because they're not, not all negative reviews even say this book is shit. Some of them just say, I didn't like gratuitous sex and violence, so I didn't want to read this book. I mean, there yeah. you go, fair warning. Now people who don't want gore and sex will not read that book. Yeah, because like, when I do my reviews or my rant reviews, I never intend to like the author finding it and being hurt. I mean, unless you're like, you write like specific, like very bad books like you know like problematic you know all around stuff like that but even then like authors still don't deserve hate for that well like there was that one author i'm blanking on her name right now but she did the she did the book where one of the characters was i think um muslim and they did a, a sensitivity read or they claimed to and it was still ridiculously offensive and they just said you know what you guys don't have a right to be offensive, and they published it anyway. Like, that's the sort of thing that I feel like an author deserves to get a little dragged for, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, at least I think so. If, if, if Especially because they were given the benefit of the doubt where, they, like, there was this call to action saying this is problematic, and then they rose up and they said, you know what, I'm going to fix this. And then they changed their mind. Like, I, I, I do think that I, the, authors are just like everyone else. There are some things they're, they shouldn't be immune to. Yeah, that's true. Though so that was just me getting on my high horse, this is this is not about me. This is about you. This is about people getting to know Mayana behind her brand of. Well, actually, I'm a little curious how what you see your brand as right now. A mess. That is what I see my brand That's as. That's a wonderful absolutely. brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I have this thing where I um, I kind of have like a, a session of the week, basically. And, yeah, it's like one, like, um, I don't remember what my session was last, well, okay, last week I really wanted to become a librarian, so, like, I did, like, all my research on it, and then I kind of just, I still want to be a librarian, I just don't care for it anymore. Like, you know? You're also 20 years old, right? Yeah. This sounds very normal for a 20-year-old to be going through these questions of, what do I want to do with my life? Because 20s are supposed to be one of the most exciting times of self-discovery in your life. And you're going to be asking yourself a lot of questions, figuring out what you want to do, finding new interests. Uh, you might 
go eight years thinking one thing and then before you turn 30 just completely change direction so it's, it's a bit of an exciting time and it sounds like you're being very 20 right now <laughs> yeah i'm also extremely indecisive so but i think it's like that it fix it up. i think it's very cool that you're so young and rather than hiding from all of these interests, you're very open to exploring them. And while you're exploring them, you're doing things like creating your own brand. I know you always, I know you said it's a bit of a mess right now, but you're still doing things like teaching yourself skills on uh, video recording and editing. And um, you're reading a lot, which uh, links directly with either um, it shows curiosity, which links to creativity and intelligence and empathy. It, it sounds like you're actually a bit of a head, ahead of the curve. Do you were you uh were you in college at all or no? No, I was not. Actually, I didn't want to go to college for the very reason that I'm very indecisive. And I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you should go to college and just do like the main courses and things like that." But it's just like I don't. What if I decide that I don't want to go to college? Like you know, like I just don't want to do this. So then I'm like paying back all this money for school for something that I didn't want to do. And like um, going back to me being indecisive, I just don't. Like, what if I, like, change my mind, like, a million times, which I do daily. Some days I'm, like, interested in being one thing. The next day I'm, like, oh, I'm really interested in this. So I just want to make sure that I'm very, um, I just know what I want to do. What are some of your consistent interests? Um, I don't really have many consistent interests. But, like, I do enjoy writing. But I don't, I don't want to be, I think I just write for fun. You don't want to publish a book? I mean, yeah, I would like to publish a book, but like, if I never publish a book, that's okay. I kind of that's why I think that's why I write fan fiction because it's just like, you know, people still read it, but it's like, if I don't get published, then it's like not a big issue. Right, and I mean, fan fiction's very entertaining, and you can be as crazy as you want. And the crazier you get, the more people, apl- the more the people and your fans applaud you for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows? Uh, a bunch of fan fictions are being turned into real stories now, so maybe I can get lucky. Absolutely, and that, that is sort of what it comes down to. It's not just skill, it's luck. Basically. Do you feel you've benefited from any luck, either good or bad, since you've been on BookTube? Mm, I feel like maybe both. All right, so what are examples of some good? Um, I think the good would be just like my channel growing, because like, I always... I wanted to hit, like, 1K before the year was over. And I, like, surpassed that goal. Because, like, my channel, when I first started my channel, I was only getting, like, 100 subscribers per month, which is, like, fine by me, you know? Yeah. I loved it, but then, like, randomly, not randomly, but, you know, I guess for me it was random. Like, my my um, channel just kind of, like, skyrocketed. Not skyrocketed, but, you know, went really further than I expected it to go for this year. Well, what was the... What was the launching pad, or like, what was the was it was it October? Was that the month that it really took off? Yeah. And was there a, so that was your good luck? And was there any bad luck around that month? Uh yeah, I feel like I got you know I do like a lot of discussions and I speak out on a lot of things that bother me and I feel like I got a lot of I get a, not a lot of backlash but of course like as any other world I do get backlash for speaking out on things that I'm very opinionated about which I'm not really used to. Like, um, I don't know. Cause usually like, um, I do, I'm always speaking out on things that I'm opinionated about on my Twitter, like on my personal Twitter, but like no one pays me any attention on there. 
So I, like I've always been used to like no one like really paying me attention. So like if I speak out about something on my my um, book Twitter, then like people can always just like people actually pay attention to what I'm saying. So yeah. like they can actually like respond and like give their opinions, you know, things like that. Well, you've cultivated quite a following. I mean, it's gotten to a point now when you speak, people listen. I've seen you be compared to Read with Cindy, even in that regard. Uh, I will say, as far as bad luck is concerned, and I don't know if it's bad luck or just um, negative energy or something, I'm not sure. It does seem like you're not alone in discussing the topics that you discuss. Like, you're not the only person who are touching on these topics. But you do seem to get targeted more than others. I mean, it does seem like when you make an opinion and it can be the exact same opinion as someone else, it rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, I think it's probably because of how I come off and, like, how I say things. I feel like that is something I want to work on a lot. How so? Um, Like, I don't know. Like, it's really hard for me to, like, get out the exact words that I want to say. And so instead of just thinking about, like, how I could phrase it a different way, I kind of just say it the first thing that comes to mind. So, yeah, and that sort of goes with you saying your brand is a bit of a mess. Um, So it seems like you have a lot of chaos going on in your internet life, but is it also something that you like? Like, do you have a lot... Are you having fun with it? I mean, yeah. Like, I I love doing, like, my discussion videos or speaking out. Like, I've always loved speaking out on things that bother me. I'm very opinionated on. That's something, like, even my grandma tells me. Like, I'm just so opinionated and, like, annoys her so much. Do you get in fights with your family over it? Like, just... I mean, not serious fights, but just, like, uh, even the little things you and your family will go back and forth over because you have opinions on that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry for cutting you off. You said your grandma, even your grandma says it? Yeah, so, like, um, we'll just be, like, I remember one day we were just, like, in the car, and she said something, and, like, I, of course, like, would pop my opinion. She's like, you know what, you're just so opinionated, you just think you know everything. And I'm kind of just like, well, I mean, it's not a lie. <laughs> are, you, are you and her close? Um, yeah. Who are, who are some of your closest friends online right now? Um, I, I have so many, um, like, book Twitter friends and booktube friends, honestly, but I want to say the ones that I'm very, very closest to would be, you know, Jake and, and Minka and, um, and B from the bookish Pisces. Oh, I love her. And, um. Yes, I adore her so much. Um, Olivia reads a latte. Um, Serenity reads. She doesn't have a booktube channel, but she do, she is on book Twitter. Like she was one of my very first best friends on book Twitter. And you're right now. So as far as your goals, then for you said your goals for next for 2019 are to hit 5,000 subscribers. Hypothetically, yeah. you have all these ideas in your head for what you want to do. Like you said, you're interested in becoming a librarian, and you have new interests every day. Um, it seems like YouTube is pretty consistent. If you could continue building an audience on there, would it be something that you would love to go full-time with? I don't know about that. Oh. I mean, like, maybe if I hit, like, I don't know, because to me, I just always want, like, that extra stability. So I feel like even if I, like, gain, like, a thousand subscribers, well, I have a thousand, I mean, a million subscribers, like, I still would want a backup plan because you know one day anything could happen and like you could just lose all your subscribers or youtube could just cease to exist for some random reason 
and like I just always I always have to have a backup plan. That's very smart. That's um, that's very smart. Uh, diversifying your brand. But no, that's that's very smart actually. Um, so there's this uh, there's this business guru called Gary Vaynerchuk who talks about this a lot. Um, he's all about branding, uh, content creation, and marketing. And he talks about how the last thing you want to do is be handcuffed to a single platform. So like for if you are an Instagram influencer, the last thing you want to do is put all of your resources into Instagram because one algorithm change can completely screw you over. Yeah, which is why I think a lot of like, um, a lot of Instagram models get like hate for being Instagram models. But if you notice, most of them also have YouTube channels as well. So it's kind of like they have like both of these things just in case. Yeah, and they sell products. They might sell, they might have their own businesses on the side too. They have their Facebooks. Um, yeah. Some of them probably even run successful Snapchats. Now I think Snapchat's probably the most difficult to navigate or build up a yeah. fan base on. What's your favorite outside of, uh, is Twitter your favorite? Yeah, Twitter is my favorite. I actually, I haven't posted, I have a bunch of Instagram accounts. I think I have four Instagram accounts, and I haven't posted on either of those in, like, weeks now. I, there's, there are times when I'm, like, on Snapchat constantly, or, like, I'm not posting, like, ever. You have also a bunch of YouTube accounts, and when people are t posting about yes. how they're so close to hitting a goal, you're the first one to say, you know what? I'll do it. And then you just screenshot how you have, how many accounts do you have on YouTube? I have a lot. I think I have maybe like 12. So you, you could put someone like single-handedly into trip, I mean not single-handedly, but like you could take someone who's hovering pretty close to a milestone single-handedly, bring them over it. Yeah. And you've done that probably on more than one occasion. Yeah, I think I've done it like maybe three times. Like I try to save it for like, like big milestones. So like, like a thousand like you know like things like that because i feel like when you i know when you have like a hundred and you want like 200 that's great but i feel like the weight from like 900 to like a thousand is just like such a huge weight so like once they hit like nine thousand and like 90 that's when i like i come in like i try to help you, you swoop in you you bring in your big sister vibe even if you're younger than them you're just such a big sister um in real life <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. But you have taken a big sister role on, like you mentioned before, so I know you mentioned all of these friends that you have online. And some of them are older, but two of your closest ones, Mika and Jake, are younger than you, and you definitely have a big sister vibe going with them. Yeah. Are they, are you, um, are you two going to do more, are you three going to do more collaborations in the future? You just did one last night, I saw. Yeah, we, um, we want to do, like, Kind of like how Bookmark does like their um, their live streams every week, you know? Yeah. I really like that. So I figured maybe we could do that like once a week, but not like a set day a week. And what would some of your uh, topics be that you think you would want to touch on? Honestly, we haven't discussed those yet. We do want to do topics because um, the one that we recently just did was like such a like impromptu one that we had like nothing to talk about. And we were just a mess, which is like... But it was still so which funny. Is our brand. Because you guys are all just so uh, charismatic. Yeah. Um, so you had a book on, or uh, you had a video, a pretty, uh, a pretty well-viewed video on BookTube consumerism, where you touch on your thoughts on um, if it's your money, you can use it how you want. Do you, but then you see someone like Reed with Cindy also, who's pretty proud to only have four books. 
trying to think how I can phrase this right now because you do answer a lot of the questions in your video, but I guess if I wanted to give like the compact version of it, why do you think uh, discussion videos on consumerism on BookTube are so important? Um, I just, I don't know. I think they're just fun to watch and fun to make because there aren't many consumerism videos. And like, there are, I see a lot of people on Twitter who try to tell people how to like spend their money. And they're like, oh, like if you, like if you buy all these books and like it's, you don't read any, it's like a waste of money. Like Guru Gossip wasn't the first time I've seen people like not attack, but like comfort others because of like how much they buy. Like, I've seen, I remember the, one of the very first times I was on book Twitter, I remember seeing a girl, like, say how she just doesn't think people should buy all these books, you know? like Yeah, because they, they, they definitely build up these straw man arguments that have no purpose being in the debate. Um, so you'll talk about one thing, and then they'll say, well, there's no reason for you to have 100 copies of the same book. So clearly you're wrong. It's like... Yeah, I agree. There's no reason for me to have 100 copies of the same book. So why are you bringing up this uh, fake hyperbole to prove a point? Clearly, yeah. you can't do it with reality. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have a purpose to own one book in the first place. So like, why does it matter if I own a thousand of the same book? It does seem a little strange that they want to, that there are people out there that want to police uh, spending habits. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, they say it's like, oh, you have, like, a lot of younger, you, younger viewers who, like, see this, and they, like, they might think, like, this is what you need to um, become a real booktuber, but it's like, I mean, I get having younger viewers, and, like, they look up to you, but it's also, it's not, it's not, like, my place to, I don't know how to phrase it. It's not, like, my place to, like, say, I don't know, I don't know how to it's phrase it. It's not like it, you're okay, selling the merchandise. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's not like I'm like, oh, um, if you don't have all of these books, you're not a real booktuber. It's not like I'm like telling them that this. It's kind of like they see it and they think it, and I'm not. I don't want to say like it's not my fault, but it's like it's not my place. Well, one of the craziest ones I saw was uh, there was a comparison to you can if yeah you can spend money on books, but you can also spend money on drugs and alcohol. Are you saying it's okay if they do it with that with their money? It's like. When did this become such an issue? When did buying books become such a uh, a sensitive topic? Books are yeah. Books are considered something like, for one, they can be collector items. Two, uh, they're generally thought of as a sign of either intelligence or at least a respected hobby. And yeah. three, you don't harm anyone when you own them. Yeah, a lot of like when a lot of people see me reading like in my family, they're like, "Oh, you read?" And they like treat me like. As if, like, I'm such a, like, intelligent being. But it's kind of just, like, I read for fun, like, you know. Looking up to a booktuber who's doing a, 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 haul, a book haul where they're pulling out, like, 30 books, it's still a healthier person to watch than the Paul brothers who are yeah. blowing up expensive cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then you touched on Guru Gossip. They've been around for a while. I didn't know that this site existed, but I now know that they've been around for a while. Has it always been a place to target books? Like, what, what do you know about them? Did you only first find out about them when they started attacking you? Um, no, I knew about them because of, like, the beauty community. And, like, I wasn't, like, I, would, I was a heavy, like, beauty 
um, YouTube watcher before I started BookTube. So, like, I kind of knew about Guru Gossip from, like, other people making videos from, like, the forums and things like that. But I did just recently found out that they had a section for BookTube. You said you watched beauty videos. Um, who yeah. are some of your favorite uh, beauty YouTubers? I actually don't have any because I don't watch um, beauty YouTubers anymore. Like, I really just only... I watch, like, a lot of other types of videos on YouTube, but, I mean, when I first was watching beauty gurus i was just trying to figure out how to do makeup so then once i really like figured it out for myself it was kind of like no point in me watching them anymore that's a community that has a lot of drama that's i was yeah i was introduced to it pretty recently because um what was it well for one there was obviously the shane dawson documentary on jeffree star my girlfriend watches a few beauty tubers she she likes uh jacqueline hill i think yeah i've heard of her yeah but makeup is something that you're passionate about outside of books, right? Like, you like makeup. You, you're really into that. Yeah. I think it would be really good if we could end it on something like um, you being less than a wee year old and having this absolutely incredible growth by identifying your... Like, one thing I really respect about you is how authentic your channel comes across. Uh, you really don't hold back any thoughts or any punches. You, uh, If it's on your mind, it's coming out on your channel you don't put up a different persona on your booktube channel as you do on twitter or just talking to you now over the phone uh so i'm curious if you think authenticity was a really key impact in your growth and if you had any advice to younger uh creators out there who are watching and looking up to you and want to get started on their own channel in 2019 um yeah when i first started off my channel i wasn't being myself and it's not like I was doing it on purpose, but it was kind of just like, um, I really had no room. So like, maybe, I, I probably did most of my videos, but if there are some that are still up and you go back, you can kind of see a little bit of my personality. But I think um, when I started to hit around 700, and I did, no, I think it was like 900, and I did my very first Q&A, I think that's when you can see more of my personality. And it's like, I tried to put, as much of my personality in as I could and I try not to hold back so I feel like just being you helps a lot you know yeah 100% I feel like, and did the, oh, I'm saying 100% did the Q&A really help you be you because you people were asking you these questions for the first time and you had to really open up about yourself yeah I really forgot what I was gonna say I like your uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle PJs Oh, thanks. I literally wear them, like, all the time. All the time? Is that... So, so you, when you say you're just sort of bumming it, like, uh, is your um, attire most days t-shirt and PJ bottoms? T-shirt and my Ninja Turtle bottoms. Okay, I dig it. Are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles special place in your heart? One of your favorite cartoons? Um, it's weird because I, I didn't grow up watching it, but I did watch it very often, you know, with my brothers. So it's kind of just something like I really like, but it's not like something that like I'm like obsessed with or anything. What else do you and your brothers like to do together? Um, I like to boss them around. And okay, and do they listen or do they fight? Sometimes they listen, sometimes they fight. It really just depends. Oh, it sounds like you guys have a really cute relationship. Yeah. Do any of your brothers give you more lip than others? Of course. Which, which one's but the defiant one? Um, it's usually, like, my, um, younger brothers. My family is very weird. I have two siblings on my mom's side, and I really can't count. <laughs> Four siblings on my dad's side. So, most of my brothers are on my, um, my dad's side. 
And I do have one brother on my mom's side. So the two two of my younger brothers are both the same age, and they both just act so much alike. Oh, that's sweet. I only have the I only have one older brother. He's married, and he has a little baby now. Aw. Yeah, she's adorable. Thank you all for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to all future content, please subscribe to my channel on YouTube. You can also find the podcast available at Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you.